And you, you know what I else, what I also think is really powerful about podcasting is it gives us an opportunity to reclaim our own voice. What does success mean to you? How do we continue to define it as life and career changes up? And how do we remain relevant? I'm Elizabeth Ribbons, your host for Next, a podcast dedicated to spotlighting actions and stories that empower a fluid approach to life, give purpose, and inspire you to reimagine your next. Ready to make a change but not sure where to start? Head over to nextcareerlife.com. Explore your options, get clarity now, and download the free 10 questions. Become a member and connect with the community. Be part of the events. Remember, the magic is in the groups. All at nextcareerlife.com. Listeners of this podcast know that flexibility and opportunity is key in order for us to continue living our lives and working and being relevant. And one of those things is deciding to become self-employed or working as an entrepreneur. And a lot of times we get a lot of tasks going in on our desk and we need help. Well, that's why I've been using virtual assistants for over 12 years now. I find it to be the best way for me to have flexibility in my own work and really find people who are specialized in doing what they do. It's a win-win because most of the time, the person on the other end is having the flexibility in their life to work remotely, earn and do what they need to do, where they want to live and how they want to do it, and deliver a great product. And I'm able to get my tasks done. I can't say enough about how fantastic it is to have VAs and to have that extra support and help. And did you know now, with remote work and hybrid work and people starting businesses, business owners are hiring virtual assistants in record numbers. And that is a pretty exciting thing. In fact, I did a podcast, Podcast 55, with Bibi Goldspin, and she started out with just a diploma and a single mom, and she built the most incredible career and won awards, and then she went out on her own, and she became an award-winning entrepreneur and an advocate for women in business, and has built her business, Buying Time, LLC, to support business owners with a variety of tasks that her team is able to do. And she has grown her business to a very successful place. Now, because her heart is for helping others to also remain relevant and have that flexibility and to earn, she has created an online course that is step-by-step and equips, equips you with everything you need to start working as a BA in your own business. I believe in word of mouth and I vet the experts. Bibi Goldstein is dedicated to helping women thrive and her course is a first step for a way to earn and have your life too. If you're interested in the virtual assistant course, go to www.virtualassistantuniversity.com. And if you're needing a great team or just one VA, check out www.buyingtimellc.com. Who doesn't love a good story, joke, or to learn something new, inspiring or intriguing? Perhaps you have a story, valuable tips and information to share, or you're curious and like to learn new things. Then podcasts are most definitely on your radar. In fact, you may have been wanting to launch your own. Not sure where to start? My guest today can enlighten you. Christine O'Donnell is a podcast coach, award-winning TV journalist, founder of the Bright Sided Podcast, and production company where they help podcasters launch and grow their shows and keep them informed on the cutting edge of all things podcasts. Welcome. 
Kristen, so glad that you're here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. I am glad to be here. Um, I love hearing segue stories, um, transition stories, and how people yeah. got to where they are and, and into their next. So can you share a little bit with the audience about your journey from TV journalist to where you are now? Goodness. <laughs> Hold on to your seats. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I was a TV news reporter and anchor for about 10 years and I was working in Los Angeles and um, then Boston before I found myself working at a marketing company that was kind of weird. I don't know. Like for me, um, going from TV news into marketing was, um, just weird. You know, I, I think whenever the, there's like a transition and it's so different from what, you know, it's, it was weird. I don't, <laughs> it just like, it was, it was uncomfortable, but exciting. But, um, there were some things that I just, I don't know. It was, it was awkward in some ways. Um, but, uh, but yeah, during my time at that marketing company, I found myself, um, Gosh, I, it's just, it's like a, it's a long story. Do you, do you want to, <laughs> well, you can kind of cut it down to like okay. the, just the real, like what made you get there okay. and then what made you go on to the next thing. And so you obviously okay. felt like a fish out of water at the marketing company. It wasn't your thing, right? I did. I did feel yeah. like a fish out of water because, um, when it goes from like telling stories from a journalistic standpoint, um, and objectivity is very important to you and looking at where the money is come and coming from and being a watchdog of like, you know, the government and people in power. And then all of a sudden you're working at a marketing company and it's like, oh, what are the pain points of our audience? And how do we write to them to make them buy this thing? Like it definitely felt awkward for me and uncomfortable. Well, that's and like, it's like taking, telling a story, but then you're taking it into um, copywriting, which is a selling story. And it's two different yes. ways of, you're saying it's two different directions. It's really hard to take your brain and change it. I would, I, it's hard, hard to do. Yes. Yes. It, it felt like ethically, like very different for me to like, start like being in this other world. Um, I originally was hired at that company to launch a digital news program about like that would be covering health news. It just changed. Um, they hired me within an, a month of me being there. Um, they, the person who was leading the news department had to quit the, his job because of some personal family reasons. And then they decided to just like rebrand the entire news department into something else. And um, it was like HSN, but not, but anyway, it was just, it was strange. And we constantly were just trying new things and looking to do what was asked of us, but it was always a little weird. Um, and then I went on maternity leave, uh, and they laid off my entire department. So, um, I knew that when I was going to be coming back from my maternity leave, that I was going to be joining the company in a way that I had never been a part of the company before. Mm -hmm. And so while I was on my maternity leave, um, myself and one of the other girls who, who was in the news department with me, um, started 
like launching a podcast together. We thought like, how do we do this? Like maybe we do, we launch a podcast and what would the podcast be? And so I started researching into how to like successfully develop and launch a show. And I found that there wasn't a lot of women talking about it. Like when I was looking how to do this, there was a lot of like, I guess old guys just like, oh, this is how you do it the right way. And I was like, oh, <laughs> thanks. Or, or, or even some younger guys too, but like it was always guys. And I was just wishing that there was a woman who would talk to me in like the way I wanted to be talked to, um, explaining to me how exactly to develop and launch a podcast successfully. So I, that was just kind of like in the back of my mind as I was working with my friend Sophie to launch this podcast. And um then she ended up getting hired up at E! News <laughs> while I was still on maternity leave and we didn't end up finishing and like executing our, our process. But when I went back to that marketing company, they, um, they were like, oh, here, we were thinking about launching a podcast, but we don't know who to who to lead it up. So why don't you do it? And I was like, oh, well, this might be perfect for me because I also just looked into how to do this on my own. So um I don't know if you're familiar with who Dr. Stephen Gundry is, but he wrote some best-selling books called The Plant Paradox. Um, yeah. Are there all the plant paradox? Yeah. So I worked with him um, to uh, research what his show topics would be about, um, what kind of guests he would have, and to and work with him to develop, launch, create that podcast that is not only, you know, all places you can listen to podcasts, but also on YouTube. And we had a lot of success with that show very quickly. Um, I believe in the first four months, we were one of the top health programs in the world. Wow. Um, yes, it was very exciting. And then I ended up taking the rest of my maternity leave. Uh, I, you get three months for the state of California, and but it only through that first year of your child's life. So mm -hmm. before my son turned one, I took the rest of my maternity leave. And while I was on the, on my maternity leave, um, someone else in the company decided that they wanted to be in charge of the podcast. So I came back and it was like, oh, someone else took my baby. <laughs> and, yeah. And we're like, okay, we don't want you to parent this baby at all anymore. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Wow. What's going on here? So I um, started producing on my own and uh, Dr. G and I had a great relationship. So he, you know, referred me, referred some people my way. And, and so I started developing and launching podcasts on behalf of other people and, and waited a while before I, I felt comfortable. And then when I still didn't feel comfortable, I decided to launch my business, yeah. which, which was um, developing and producing podcasts. And then I uh, kind of pivot a little bit to um, coaching to help other people do it in kind of a bigger scale. Wow. That's a lot. And you know what? There's a lot in there because for one, the media world right now is changing yeah. so rapidly that mm -hmm. people who are real honest to God journalists um, are having to sort of really morph into doing other things and then and, and um, finding other ways to to stay relevant and because there's so much like print is out you know what I mean there's so much that's changing so it's it's really tough I think to be in that field and continue to to stay up on it so if you find a niche like this which is I think fantastic because a lot of people need help with this and um, need, there's so much going on so quickly. I mean, I did some research and it's just like 
growing so fast. People are like, oh, yeah. there's so many podcasts, but it, it's still growing at such a rapid rate. So, well, because you know. there aren't so many podcasts. <laughs> well, they think, you know, people think there are. Like I saw there's 2 million podcasts and 78% are active. But, you know, when you look at everything else that's out there, comparatively, it's not as much. And so yeah, it's not saturated. No, not even close to being yeah. saturated. And I think one of the things that attracted me to podcasting is that there is a low barrier to entry so that like someone like me, um, someone like someone like you, like we can just enter this field and become really good at it very quickly. And then people are going to be asking you, how do I do it? And so it's just, there's just more room for, I think, women to like own their skill set. Like, and I say women because I find that women in all of the people I've worked with tend to be um, really wonderful interviewers. Not all of mm -hmm. them, but I feel like a lot of women are good at like giving someone else space to be themselves and speak and like ask her, ask her, ask like questions that are heartfelt and are actually going to get to the root of where someone is coming from or where they want to go that will highlight the change that they're feeling. And I just, I've worked with a lot of like women who are really amazing storytellers. Yes. And I feel like in the history maybe not all of the history of the world, men have typically got more credit for this, which perhaps they shouldn't. <laughs> because I, I have found women to be amazing storytellers and women tend to be growing and growing and growing in this industry faster than in film, in like literary, literary spaces and TV spaces. Women are like growing in the podcasting space because there is room for that growth. And it's kind of the perfect place for women to excel. Um, and both share sides. Stories. Yeah. Both sides because, because women, we've got a million plates in the air all the time, right? So we could certainly be learning something really cool or enjoy a really fun podcast, somebody talking about their story or what have you and be handling other things. And so it's, it's, it's a really great way to just get in on something without having to go get in your car and go be somewhere. So you can do your things that you have to do and still get a, a great podcast in because you, you know, it's, it's usually a drive or it's like doing things around the house or it's just getting things at a walk. And then you're like, wow, that was so amazing. That was such a great podcast. And it's usually women speaking and then it's women hearing. I think it's just a great uh, thing because I remember I have two children, a son and a daughter, and my son was so frustrated because he didn't get a good grade on some writing paper. And I said, isn't your teacher a lady? And he said, yeah. I go, well, ladies like all of the details. You can't just write one or two things. They like all the details, right? They want, they want all the details. And I think women are really, like you said, they're really good at like getting down to like, what are the details? So I love that you said what that. Does, yeah. What does something sound like, feel like, taste like, smell like, 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 women are so wonderful at going these places and being vulnerable. And like, that's the stuff we want to hear. Yeah. And whether it's like a really in-depth, serious, like podcast, or if it's just like something that's more funny and light or like even just people talking about 
celebrities or like celebrity book club is like a really popular podcast because it's fun and easy and light and it still connects us um, as a society in a way that I think in recent years, it's been hard for us to connect with people as much as we'd like to. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. And so it kind of brings us all, it makes the world feel a little less daunting, I think, just to be able to feel like you're a part of a conversation. Right. And that you're aligning, are you relating? And we Mm -hmm. need to, as human beings, we need to feel like we're relating. And so all the time when we, when we hear these, these uh, conversations, we're like, oh yeah. I mean, that could, that could have been, you know, far away, but you're still feeling like you're relating to something that, that appeals to you. Um, it's still growing. Like we said, um, podcasts are coming out there and, and they're morphing now into really interesting business models, um, which, uh, I want to get into in a little while, but I wanted to ask you, why do people, what are the like top reasons why people start a podcast? Now I'm not talking about celebrities because mm-hmm. celebrities, that's an immediate, you know, they, they immediately have all the tools, all the people, all the, but like a little person like me, why would someone want to start their podcast? Say if they're a business owner and they're really wanting to get information out or what have you. So I'd love to hear your take on this because you see a lot. Yes. Well, you know, I have a survey that I send to every single person I have worked with in a serious way in the past four, three to four years now, coming up on four years, my son turns four next month. And and I like keep that in mind because once he turned four, I was like, <laughs> or once he turned one, I was like, all right, I'm launching my own business. Um, so I, uh, I, yeah. So I, what I have found in that survey is that first and foremost, anyone who I've worked with, who is going to develop and launch a podcast has a story they feel called to share with the world. They just have something, a mission, a purpose, something on their heart that's just been like aching, bothering them. Like they need to get it out. Like it just has to be out in the world. And they want to do it in a professional, thoughtful way where they're truly like connecting and authentically like finding their audience and just sharing their story. Like a lot of people, their hope is just to impact one person to help that one person. So, um, I would say first, the first reason is because people have a story on their heart that they just want to get out. Um, the second reason is to make money. And that would be because there are ways for podcasters to make money with their show that doesn't require huge downloads or huge numbers. Like you can make money (laughs) with your podcast, um, without, um, all of the glitz and glamor that some celebrities might have. And usually there's just, it, it adds to whatever current business model you have set up for yourself, or you can turn your podcast into a business. And there's a number of different ways to do that. Yeah. And, and certainly, you know, if you Google it, you must have minimally, you know, 30,000 downloads per month in order to get any advertising or anyone to consider you. You're saying that's not the case that you can have, you know, you need some traction, but, but that you can get some income coming in. That's hopeful for people because I think they're like, gosh, I, we at least want to cover my, my, base costs on this. And- yeah. The costs of producing a podcast. So how do I cover my costs? Um, and usually, I mean, it's 
linked with whatever business that you have and whether it's like uh, consulting sessions or a group program or if you um, have a product that you are hoping to sell to people meant like doing your own ads for your own product on your show instead of going after the big dog ads or coming up with collaboration ideas where you could have an affiliate relationship with someone you know who is selling a program or who has a product and then like so there are other ways to do it where you don't need the big dollars or the big downloads to be making the big dollars. Yeah, that's a really good point because I do have, you know, a ways that I'm, I'm advertising on my podcast that um, it's really a collaboration. It's really kind of supporting one another and it helps me as well. So I feel like it's a good all around um, thing to do instead of me running around and getting, you know, uh, advertising that doesn't have anything to do with my message. So, right. Yeah. yeah I think it's better absolutely. that it aligns with your message. So if someone's listening to it, there's, they're not like, what, what is this? But I did read, cause I did my research that people don't mind listening. They know that the, the advertisement is going to be over really quickly and they don't mind listening, especially if it's the host talking about like from, from personal, like I've used this product or I enjoy this thing, or I've seen it almost, I was reading that those statistics show that they don't mind it. Cause I think everyone's afraid to put um, advertising. I think they're going to lose their audience and it's saying that they're not. What do you, so, what do you think? Um, I, I guess it depends on what kind of advertising you're describing. Mm -hmm. um, statistics show that host read ads tend to be the most powerful. Yeah. So um, if you were doing an ad for your show or on your show about something, it would be you be like, hey, yeah, I tried this thing. This is what I found you're not going to believe it or whatever, like whatever your true experience is. Mm -hmm. And then being like, Hey, if you want to give it a try, use my code 20% off and let me know what you think. Yeah. You know, I, I like, I, let's talk about like something like that is not something that's, it, it, it's actually been shown that an audience is going to respond to that ad more than they would respond to an ad on TV or a billboard or in radio or anywhere else. Like a host read ad is the most powerful kind of ad. Well, because it's have. like word of mouth. Somebody saying I've, mm -hmm. I've actually witnessed this or experienced it. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, so that's pretty powerful. And that gives people, um, you know, some incentive, I think who are listening and thinking, well, how am I going to get this to work? Well, align it with what you're doing, read the ads. That's what I've been doing and, and really, um, aligning it with my whole, my whole thing. So I think that's really important. Um, uh, the other question is, 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 uh, what are the things? Okay. So some of these business models that I was reading up on have been pretty exciting. And I know that my daughter even listens to ones that are sort of like the stories, like there's the daily, there's ones that are like that, that tell stories. There's ones that have a series, almost like there's a show on one of the networks that there's yes. a lady that's like telling the story and she's a detective or she's a lawyer mm -hmm. or something. So those, my daughter loves those. She loves listening to those. So I love how they're coming out with all of these, it's morphing into more. And they're, one of the things that it's like, they're Netflixing it almost like you pay to listen to this particular group of, of um, podcasts. And they're usually these, these seasons of series or something. So tell me, what are you coming across that you find especially exciting and interesting as this grows? 
Well, there are a lot of different types of podcasts out there and there's like different, different strokes for different folks. It just depends on what you're interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, there's some great, uh, limited series podcasts. Um, I mean, one of my favorite limited series podcasts that I think I've listened to, and it actually hasn't even been recently, (laughs) but one of like, one of my favorite limited series podcasts, uh, was gosh, what was it called? Dr. Death. Um, on Wondery. I don't know if you've ever listened to that one, mm-hmm. but um, it's based on a true story and a neuroscientist who actually didn't know what he was doing, doing brain surgery on people um, and then how he got caught and put in jail. <laughs> so like, it's a real oh, story. Like he did an operation on his own friend, like who is now paralyzed. Story? Yes. It's a crazy oh. story about the healthcare system. And, and a guy who believed that he was way more talented than he actually, he gaslit himself, let's say. Um, <laughs> and, and so, yeah, that, that's a really good one. Then of course there's the dirt, the dirty John. I don't know if you've ever listened yes, to the that. Dirty John podcast, but yeah, that one's good. And I actually um, have a, an interview coming up with Deborah and Tara Newell, who are the people who that story is about um, coming up on another show that I'm working on right now. Um, so and another example of a show. So if you're into like a shows like Dr. Death or Dirty John, you might be into true crime shows and you might want to learn more about like, how are people moving through their trauma? What happens after this crazy thing happens? What do they do next? And goodness, these days, aren't we all experiencing some sort of trauma as we like recover from the pandemic? I feel like the pandemic has brought trauma like closer to us faster, unfortunately. Um, but yes, this one podcast I'm working on, it's called Moving Past Murder, uh, because the host of it actually is a survivor of murder. Um, and he has also thri- like found a way to thrive. And I think that that kind of gives us all a little bit of hope <laughs> if someone who could experience something as horrible as he experienced, yeah. but still be like funny and optimistic and hopeful and have joy in his heart. Like, and then to share that with people through his show, he always talks to people about how to move through whatever trauma it is that they're, they're feeling. And also as he continues to cope with his own. Um, And so like, I I really enjoy being a part of a project like that. And that's not a limited series. That's an ongoing uh, episodic podcast that just, like goes on every, every week he puts a new episode out. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always something new and fresh. And I, I remember too, there's a recent show that was a series that, that was a podcast too. And it was reinventing. And I can't remember her name, but she was the, the girl that was from Eastern Europe or uh, somewhere. And she was like a socialite. She posts as a socialite in New York and she got pretty far but um, until they all caught on, oh, it was. I feel like that's a Netflix story out there right now. Was yes. it also a podcast? It was a podcast. My daughter, of course, listened to it mm-hmm. first because <laughs> she wanted to hear about it. She goes, oh my gosh. And then she had, you know, they made a movie about it or made a. Reinventing Anna. Anna, thank you. Yeah. Reinventing Anna. And uh, okay. she said, and I said, this is real. And she said, yeah, it really did happen. So that's exciting. It's almost like our version of the radio that we mm-hmm. used to way back when I wasn't alive then, but they listened to stories on the radio and entertainment on the radio. And I think it just is nice because it also helps us to um, envision, use different skills in our mind. And I think it's just really a great thing. Obviously, clearly people are, um, are 
grabbing onto it, they have clearly, but someone again, like me, um, to do this, I think it is just a nice sort of package. Uh, and, and you can jump in any minute here, but sort of, uh, I have a message, I have a mission, I have a method. And so I really want to empower, inspire women to the next, whatever next it is, and to remember to be relevant. And there's so many great stories of women who are like just down and out, or they didn't know how to find that next or um, yeah. where they were going to do it. And so these stories help them to go, okay, that that's really great. I, I learned something from that. I've gotten people writing me and saying, I learned something from that, or I'm doing something from that. That's rewarding for me. So. And you, you know what I else, what I also think is really powerful about podcasting is it gives us an opportunity to reclaim our own voice um, in a way that we may have forgotten that we have the power to do. And I'm like for sure projecting, <laughs> but I know that, um, you know, in my life uh, working as a TV news reporter, I was always reporting for yeah. someone else, you know, like, did I have credibility on my own? Like I'm Christine O'Donnell for Fox 11 News or I'm Christine O'Donnell for News 10 ABC. Like there was always a, a slogan at the end that seemed to give me more power or credibility. Like, oh, I trust Christine because she's with so-and-so and that logo makes her somebody I want to listen to. And for me, being able to podcast and talk to people or help other people use their voices has reminded me that my voice holds weight. The things that I say matter and I can do something wonderful for myself and for other people just by using my voice. And, you know, as a child, I was not really encouraged to speak up. So um, it, it's like reclaiming this part of myself that I almost was shunned for a while. Not that like my parents shunned me or the anything. Culture. It's just like, I think society, the culture, society, yeah. the culture. Yeah. It's like, oh, like she's so nice and quiet and like, yeah, so we like right. her. <laughs> so, so loud girls, like people don't like the loud girl, but if you're like the quiet, nice yeah. girl, like people <laughs> like you and and, and so like, I think I internalized that. And so like for me, every time I speak in front of a microphone now, it's definitely means something different um, than it did when I was standing in front of a TV camera with somebody else's logo on the microphone tell, like, and sharing wow. and you know, story. There's something that you say on your, on your website that says 89% of the emotional impact of visual content comes from the audio. We help our clients speak intimately and with listeners. So it's like, what do you mean by that? How we are speaking or how, how we're communicating? What, what is especially I, the importance of that? I think that to me, what that means is sometimes when we're listening to something or watching something on TV, um, we're like passively consuming it. Um, and so I could have the TV on and not be completely paying attention, but if I hear something like in someone's tone or delivery or what they're saying, it can cause me to turn around and pay more attention to what I'm seeing. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and with podcasting, 
we're just not focusing as much on the visual. We're focusing on how we connect as humans who listen first, like audio is more important than video. Gosh, the, the girl who went into TV broadcasting wouldn't want to believe it back then. But <laughs> after all these years, like truly, like if your audio quality is there and people are listening to what you have to say and how you say it, your inflection, the, the vulnerability in your tone, how you speak to people, matters because it can make people feel something. And I mean, of course, how you look at them matters too, but um, I don't, there's just something about audio that has just been scientifically proven in humans to be something that we are just to, to, like tuned into. Some part of our like biology causes us to be listeners more, like maybe it's some sort of like predatory thing. <laughs> Like, well, I, I think it's like, well, if you're hearing it and it's resonating, that's, it just, you can take it in so much deeper than, than just watching. Yeah. Watching is a different sensory. And so you're watching and you're looking around at the picture and the face and, uh, you know, you're not taking it in as deeply, but if you're just hearing, honestly, like music, music, you know, just hearing music, just it, you take it in a deeper place. And I think that's, yeah. that's how I took it, but I was like, maybe I don't have that right. But, but I feel like it's, it's true that if you hear voices and you hear, you're really resonating with what they're saying, it's a connection and human beings really do need to connect. And so it's why podcasts are still growing and becoming quite, you know, quite uh, popular and meaningful for a lot of people. And, I, and like I said, it's, it's morphing into new things. Um, I have one more question for you and um, I do it myself. I have my, uh, some of my videos, my top producing or top, you know, listen to podcasts on video on YouTube. Do you recommend this to your clients? Do you think it's something that they really must do? Um, so, you know, the, the ones who aren't as busy, I mean, aren't as popular are doing a lot themselves. So I guess time versus value on what they're doing. I would love to hear what your thoughts are on that. So, Something I love about YouTube is that it is the second largest search engine after Google. So when it comes to getting discovered, and that is a big issue for podcasters, they're producing great content, but are people seeing it? So YouTube can be the answer to that question um, as long as you're using it the right way. So I guess... Yes, I love YouTube. And if you have the bandwidth to also post your content on YouTube as well, if, if you're able to, to muster up an extra hour each week, I would give yourself an hour to just go through and make sure you do this right, then yes, do it. Um, I don't want to stress people out too much because it can, it is just like one more thing and exporting a video over an audio just from wherever you edit from can take longer and then uploading it to YouTube could take longer. So it just, it, it, adding it does add time to your already busy work schedule. However, like I said, YouTube is the second largest search engine after Google. So people are searching for what you have the answer to. So if this podcast was in YouTube and you titled it, you know, should I start a podcast? <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and people are typing that in YouTube's like search bar, 
this is probably one of the episodes that will pop up to answer their question because you've titled it what they're searching. And Mm -hmm. so, yes, I do think YouTube can be very helpful if you are able to post content both places. That's awesome. Don't stress yourself out. One of the beautiful, beautiful things about podcasting is that it is a audio first medium. So (laughs) you could technically be in your pajamas. (laughs) Goodness, you could be posting your video in your pajamas too. But um, I'm just saying like, don't stress yourself out. Do what feels comfortable for you. If you're going to, Mm -hmm. if you're new to podcasting, just getting in front of the microphone and pushing record is huge. Just like, and I would take it one step at a time, like record, publish, tell people like just getting through those three steps, record, publish, tell people that is huge. So, um, yes, YouTube super powerful, but doesn't have to be where you start. That's really good advice. And also too, I think it's, don't try to be everything all at once only because it will show. <laughs> like you're saying, you know, if you're going to take that extra bit of time, make sure you do it right. You said that and it's like, that's so true. It's like, you can't just slap something together and throw it out there and it needs to be done. Right. So I mean, give yourself that time that needs to be done. Right. YouTube is a whole thing. Like if we're, we're going to talk through YouTube, it's like, you've got to like, think about how do, how do I want my thumbnail to look? What three words do I want on my thumbnail? What is the t- headline of my podcast, which is going to be different than what's on my thumbnail? Um, and then you've got to think of 500 words worth of keyword phrases. And you've got to do, you know, make sure the, um, your end cards are in and your caption. Like there's so many different things to do just through YouTube. So that's so true. And so you just said something really good because those of us who know what it takes when you watch someone who has like, you can tell they've got a a production team or someone and you're going, wow, they've got it all. They're, they're ticking all the boxes here. They've got it all in here and it's, you know, how much work that takes. So it's, it's definitely something to, to consider. Yeah. Um, Tell me really quick or tell the audience what does podcast production mean? Like, give me the, the whole breadth of what you do at Brightsided. So Brightsided, we do a couple different things. Um, we help people produce impactful shows. And we do that through working with them to develop their content to make sure that um, it's going to connect with their audience. And and I mean, I could go into a very long explanation to what that means, but usually there's a Google doc involved and a lot of brainstorming and writing back and forth and um, surveying the audience and figuring out, you know, doing research, what are people interested in? How can you serve them? How can what you say, um, like how, what is it that makes you unique um, to your audience and why do they specifically want to hear from you about this thing? And so so goodness, we spend a lot of time in development and then um, and then we format a show and then we work with them through the recording process, the editing process. Um, is it going to be a YouTube show as well as a audio show? Sometimes it's just an audio show and that is perfectly fine. And we also will help people create promotional assets um, if you want something for Instagram or LinkedIn, uh, we have, we help create those, that those pieces of content as well. 
Do you do that for every episode? Um, yes. Wow. That's yeah. a lot of work to do. So that's your full service. Like if, if you're just needing some help on how to really um, put together your podcast and the, just, just the logistics of launching it and getting it going, you also offer that as well. So you that's like your full service, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's different for every, like, there's different levels of service per client. Some clients know exactly what they want to do and they already have everything planned and they know what they need and they're just ready to like take advantage of our editing services so they can continue to focus on being the talent, booking their interviews and recording their shows while just like letting Bright Sighted's team edit and publish and create their social media assets and show notes and product, like posting them on their behalf. Um, while in other cases, like we work with people in like a way more like, uh, complex way <laughs> where we, we really do a lot of research and development and create, I mean, there's artwork, there's branding, there's music, you know, there's the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. Wow. That's great. And I love that you do, you know, from this to this, like you do, you, you give that offering either way, because not, not one size fits all for everyone. So yeah, somebody you know. might just want promo assets created. Somebody might just want help with their show notes and posting it to their website. So they have a blog. Like we have those other options where it's like, oh, you could just be just bright-sided for this purpose. And it's really helps us focus on all the things we want to focus on <laughs> while we don't have to focus on the things we just don't want to do. <laughs> so it sounds to me like you just are really doing quite well and it's, it's rolling right along and any thoughts or, or, or um, goals for like this year, anything new that you're doing, or you're just going to continue mm -hmm. to build on this? Well, we are um, in the process of launching a network which means um, bright-sided produced and distributed content. So um, that's very exciting for us. So you have a couple of shows now that we have um, that are doing very well. And so we are looking at moving, moving to the next step where now we have a, like a fully functioning publishing network, which is very exciting. Mm -hmm. And I'm also in the process of uh, developing my own limited series podcast based on my experience as a journalist getting a little too close to a story about human sex trafficking. And um, we are currently in the, uh, yeah, in the, pr like the production phase right now. <laughs> so wow. Yeah. So that uh, is expected to be done by this summer. Wow. So you're just really busy and you've got two little ones. So you just are like, it doesn't end. The, the excitement never ends, right? Well, I love everything you're doing and you're just a bright light yourself. So I really wish you all the best and that you continue to um, keep the cutting edge up front and letting people um, really tell their stories and help them to do that. So thank you so much for being here and um, I wish you great success. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Thanks for having me. Enjoying the show? You can find the notes at www.elizabethribbons.com. That's ribbons with one B or on your preferred podcast platform. Please be sure to follow, rate, and review. Reviews and word of mouth are still the number one way to learn about new podcasts. So I appreciate your support.
Until next time.